episode three with Joanna Helk. Welcome to Animum Can podcast. My name is Versha Patel. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned mum of two, turned pre and postnatal fitness guru, turned mindset, nutrition and body coach for all mums. Each week I'll bring you an inspiring person or message mums of all ages need to hear to feel inspired to look after themselves, choose themselves daily, to feel joy and be their best in their world. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now relax, listen and open your mind to be inspired. Welcome everybody to uh, tonight's live on uh, Any Mum Can and today's guest is Joanne Helk. She is, uh, she owns Zest for Life and Zest Eat and what other things which is you run so I've got I've also got fit bumper box uh which is an online business yeah yeah so Jo is a fitness expert in a nutshell and she also uh is got culinary skills she's a really gifted lady and I'm really honored that she accepted my invitation to be a guest with us tonight and so I'm going to hand over to Jo to talk about um introduce herself for a start and the about her motherhood and how many children she's got and just give you a taste to start with of what she does and how she's making a difference to mum's lives all the time. So over to you Jo. Oh well thank you thanks so much for having me and for welcoming me onto the onto this uh, for so early on in your podcast so that's really kind of you. Uh, so a little bit about me yes so I'm I'm Joe everyone calls me Joe um, and uh, as Versha said I I run three different businesses and um, at the moment I'm very focused on my on my foodie one uh, but I have been in pregnancy and postnatal fitness for about 12 years I actually um, came to the fitness um, postpartum I've got three boys I say boys but they're Two of them are young men now. <laughs> so I've got um, my eldest is 21 and then uh, my middle son's 19 and then my youngest is 16. And I retrained. Um, so I used to do something completely different before. I, I actually worked in academia before. I also worked um, as a simultaneous translator uh, for the British Refugee Council Um and I moved regions. I moved to this region, to Leicestershire, when I was pregnant with my third. And it gave me a kind of natural break uh, career-wise because uh, I had to leave the job at the Refugee Council. And and then I didn't have a job to go back to. And I had I had that opportunity really to kind of go, literally, it was like a blank uh, canvas. And I was able to go, what do I want to do? What, what should I do with my life? Uh, yeah, and, I, and I really considered uh, training as a translator, uh, but it would have involved a lot of traveling around, you know, because you end up translating in courts, in hospitals, and you get placed all over the country. And obviously, I would have had a baby, a toddler, and a slightly older toddler, and it, it just didn't seem like it was going to work for me. Um, and then I and then I would kind of rummaged around in my uh, <laughs> in my my brain and thought, well, you know. What is it that has made the most difference, most of a positive impact in my life? And really, it was the fitness. I started, I'd had a really lazy bit. I was always quite good at sport at school, but um, 
I was a bit of a like jack of all trades really at school. I was kind of okay at everything, um, and um, and so after after school finished, I didn't do any exercise at all. But after my second son was born, I randomly joined a gym because one opened it was a really nice gym and it opened on our doorstep and they stuck this leaflet through my letterbox and it just said it was a fantastic deal it really was a really good deal and it just said you know come and give it a go and I had the time I had literally a baby and a really because I only have 17 months between my first and my second so I really did have you know a baby and a slightly bigger baby and I joined this gym and it was just for me, it was transformative. And I mean transformative in terms of my mental well-being. I had been very up and down probably since my late teens. And I'd had, you know, highs and lows and highs and lows. And I'd never really, I think I'd never really reflected on it. It was just like that was how I was as a person. Um in fact, you know, that was also why I, I left um, academia. Um, I, the, it was, well, it, there were lots of reasons, but um, <laughs> they were not so kind to you those days in terms of uh, mat leave and stuff like that. They gave me five months and then I had to go back full time and stuff like that. But but the, the exercise, when I started, it was just in terms of my mental well-being, I suddenly was so much more on an even keel, whereas it had always been up, down, up, down, up, down, really happy, not not feeling good at all really jolly feeling really miserable and and the exercise just kind of smoothed everything out and made life so much more manageable and it really you know it really hit home I was like wow that is that's quite something that it can do that for me and so it kind of planted this seed because I remember thinking about it when I was still in the West Midlands and and it was kind of there this seed and I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe one day I'll do just like a little qualification in fitness. Why not? You know, then I moved regions and I had this opportunity. And when my youngest, Ben, uh, was around 12 months old, I just took the opportunity and I just thought, you know, what? I'll just do that. You know, the, the most basic fitness qualification was like gym instructor level two. And I was just like, I'll just do that. And I did that. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I really like this because... <laughs> Because, of course, it is, you know, I my background was academic. You know, I'd done a degree, a master's and a PhD. So everything I'd always done had always been, you know, books writing, books writing, reflecting. And then, of course, this gym instructor thing was like it was it was really good fun. It was really practical. It wasn't like bearing in mind I had three little children. It wasn't particularly taxing. Um, and it was it was just and it was just really rewarding, you know, so then. So then I just like went on and 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 after that, after that one, once I'd done that, it was like I'd got the bug and I was just like, okay, now I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And and I ended up doing a personal training for a whole year full time, because at that time it was um it was a whole year of a qualification and it was full time. And I had a ball and I was like I was so much older than everyone else. I was everyone else was really young. And then there was just me and two other people who were like way older. And I was just like the swat of the class. <laughs> I was always I was just like hand up going, me, 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 I know the answer. <laughs> I know that feeling. I know that. Yeah. Feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So and then and then at the end of that it was I it was really a case of you know, I really felt like 
everyone in fitness needs to find a niche. I really like it for any of you out there who are thinking of, you know, working in fitness. It's a, it's an industry that's really saturated. And you, I feel that, you know, that we can't appeal to all of the people all of the time and that we need to find a niche and that I think we shouldn't find a niche on the basis of, um, oh, right, well, this is a big fad, so I'm going to do that. Um, I think it should be based on what your where your passion lies. I mean, that's not, you know, that, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but that's just how I feel because I believe that when you really are passionate about something, anything, I'm not even talking about fitness, but anything, I believe that that shows. I feel that people really feel that. Um, and, and when they feel that, you you don't have to sell, you know, because people, because people know you're genuine and, and they feel it, they absorb it and you it's magnetic, you know. So for me, you know, at that, you know, bearing in time at that time, I had, you know, a one year old and whatever it was, a, a four year old and a five year old. I, you know, for me, I was right in that kind of like mum zone and I really got it. And and that was my passion. I actually had two business. I don't know if I ever told you, but I had two fitness businesses at the same time. No. Um, so I, I set up two businesses parallel like that, and I grew them simultaneously. The other one was kettlebells because that was my other like fitness passion. And I was like, I love kettlebells. I still love kettlebells. Um, and I was really, I mean, this, you know, this was 12 years ago. So I was really early on the kettlebell thing. But anyway, it came to a point where I couldn't do both at once I, I had somebody who did the kettlebell um, business for me she was a team GB she was a mom of three and a team GB former like a retired team GB athlete she's amazing and then but then she moved away and then I took the decision to just do um, pre and post because right. I, I, I loved it yeah oh, so that was that was my that was my journey initially yeah wow and that's so fascinating and interesting and, and it's so relate to the passion of what you when you have a passion for something yes the fitness market is saturated and um but really appealing to a a, a group of people that you have a lot in a lot to give to you you've walked a path that's similar so you come from a place of experience but also that you deeply care because that's what passion is you deeply care and those words that magnetic and it's your energy that passes into your work right and I really believe that when you wholeheartedly are passionate about something you you feel that the deep wanting to make a difference and yes. when you have that it's, you know, some would say it's a bit wild to use this language, but it's a vibration that you send out, really, because how do people see that? It's not tangible, right? I can't see your passion. Uh, yeah, I might be able to see your passion in the way you speak, but it's the way you move. It's everything, isn't it? You can feel people's aura of how much they really care about the things they're doing. Yes, yeah, and I, and I think and I think it's enjoyment. I mean, you know, Lots of people in life, um, and, and I mean, it through absolutely no fault of their own at all, but, you know, they're in jobs where they're going through the motions of it. And I mean, you've had a previous career as well, um, and, and, and so have I. And, you know, I never, I had, you know, in fact, we both had, you know, really, really like good careers, you know, what people would consider to be, you know, pre like high level careers. 
and and I was and I was good at it um and I published a lot you know and that but I, I didn't have that it was like I mean it, you know boiling it down to a really basic level Sunday night I dreaded Monday and you know we you know you get this like meme going round about oh the Monday blues and blah 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 well I'm sure you would uh, uh, be like me. I most certainly don't get a Sunday blues because I really look forward to my Monday. I love my Monday because I love my job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think I do remember that. I remember even when I went back to work after having my first and she was in real nappies and the time I'd have to get up, make sure I'd put the nappies on the night before on a timer, then put the nappies out quickly to dry eat Weetabix really quickly with hot milk because it was the quickest thing to eat get on in the car and on the road because it was an hour's drive to my workplace and uh, yeah it's I it didn't like it and I brought my work home and I felt like I was on a treadmill so well I'll tell you a story that I haven't told to that many people I told it to someone the other day but I can't remember who oh I know who it was yeah I had a, a work meeting with someone yesterday anyway and um but uh so I had I had a hundred and eighty mile round trip to get to work and back when I after I had my first. So I had a really I was driving from Birmingham to Bristol and back every day. Wow! Uh, I had the washable nappies as well. <laughs> I remember that. I like I have got fond memories of washable nappies, but but um, I remember. One day I, I got up and it was Monday morning. Of course, I had to get up sort of unfeasibly early to get to work um, on time, to, you know, because of this 90 mile hour trip. And um, I and I was eating my cereal or whatever it was. And I just I broke the cereal bowl on my head. And I just and I was just not OK. I was not OK at all. And. And that was when I knew it was like I couldn't I couldn't carry on. And I, I did I I had to I had to well it was it was all too much, you know. They they wouldn't uh, they were totally inflexible. And I asked for part time, and and then they wouldn't give it to me. And I asked for unpaid study leave to do. I because I had five months off uh, for mat leave with my first. That was all I was allowed. And I published during those five months. I can remember I had Adam, my eldest. He was in this bouncy chair they didn't have um like they were not on a on a what's it called on a battery those days and I just remember my foot and I bounced him and I was like writing articles whilst bouncing this tiny baby and they gave I remember going to give a paper to conference and I had to go away for the day and you know I got I got so full of, of milk and I remember like having to like go into the into the loo and, and like express it into the sink in between conference papers and giving a conference paper and things like that it was it was just it was just really it just was hard you know it just yeah, yeah. I didn't really I didn't really survive that and there, there was just no no real kind of understanding when I said please now have more time off uh, I think I do, you know, I'm I'm happy when I speak to the mums these days because it's it's still, I still hear that there's because I'm nosy and I always ask people. I love knowing what my, the mums who do my classes are. I absolutely love hearing about their careers and gosh, there are all these jobs out there that I've never heard of. I didn't even know they existed. I'm like, wow, really interesting, you know. But and things are still not fair. Things are still not. There's still not a, an even sort of a, a fair division of labour frequently within the home. 
Um, and I think women are still frequently unfairly treated within the workplace. And, and I can see them having to wrangle to get the hours they want. But it, but it is still a lot better, you know, because most of the mums are able to take, you know, 12 months off. And, and I can also see differences between professions and which professions go back earlier and perhaps why. Like medics, for example, I've noticed go back to work a lot earlier. But, but you know, medic has invested. Sometimes it's choice, though, from the... Yes, exactly. They've family. invested a huge... Yes, I agree. They've yeah. invested so many years in their career that, you know, you get it. You want to stay on it. I really understand that. Yeah. So it, it is uh, very much personal. At least women can make those choices on their own accord, as opposed to feeling like it's very one way and you're just being told that this is, you know, you have to come back at this time. Um, so things have changed and it is it is good in that way. But I think sometimes um, let, letting yourself have permission, I think this is a real big thing. And it's a big thing that I want to bring up in um, in this podcast, in this in these weekly lives, is that mums can have permission to to do things that are for themselves. You know, we talked briefly before we started about um, what permission really means to me. Because yes, having bubble baths and having nice, relaxing evenings, drinking wine, and those are all you know. A lot of people do those things anyway. But I think it's um, having permission to let go of stuff and um, make choices. Those choices, those brave choices we made that were life-changing, not just to ourselves, but then the people we've managed to be able to touch, right? Um, and so I think that's, the thi that's what I'd like to encourage women to think about themselves. Uh, yes. To feel like they can be better better all round you know emotionally mm. balanced um because when you're holistically better feeling better happier you make overall better choices would you not agree yeah absolutely and i i feel that one of the things you know you know postnatally um i mean i think you'll you'll probably agree with me here because you and i what we chose to do was to focus on the mum in what in what we do as a job, uh, you know. And I've always been mum-centric. To me, I know that the babies are going to be okay because, because they have their mums. But the babies are going to be a whole lot more okay if the mums are okay. And I'm all about looking after mums and... And I think, and you know, as you said before, you know, there's the whole guilt thing uh, that mums have about, you know, affording themselves time or giving themselves um, rest and, you know, all the, you know, and, and yet ultimately that's the biggest gift that they can also give to their families is to, is to look after themselves and be well and happy and healthy because no amount, you know, you know, a happy mum goes, an incredibly long way and you can't make up for it by running around and doing a whole bunch of other things mm -hmm. you know ultimately the most important thing you know 
the mum in most families is pivotal and, you know, is the very heart of the family and, uh, you know, and actually the linchpin who, who keeps everything and everyone together. So it's it's really important and, and mums shouldn't feel, and I, I mean, I say that and I'm not exactly a, an absolute winner at this one, but, you know, we shouldn't uh, feel feel guilty or deprive ourselves of, of looking after ourselves. I think it's really important. Yeah, I agree completely. Because um, even even the, the guilt, you might make time to go to a fitness class or whatever it is, running, walking. What, but if if we do those things from a place of, you know, I'm, I'm taking some time out for me and not have the guilt attached to it, because there is a lot of guilt attached to taking time away from children or doing something that isn't being of service to others or taking time out from work. This is also something that seems to have become apparent too, that the guilt of, especially right now, because a lot of people are working from home and it's the work is just there all the time mm-hmm. and taking time away from that space. It's either family work family not work but family contribution family uh, responsibilities and then there's work responsibilities so when you take out away from that uh, there's the guilt of oh, I should be I could be doing this I could be getting that piece of work done or I, I could be doing this with the children or I could be getting preparing this food or doing the laundry do whatever it's just never ending whether the children, I mean, you're, you've got your older children and we still have this. It doesn't matter how old the children are. You still have this um, to-do list, really. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 does, it does get better. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely, I, I feel very lucky that, you know, I, I feel very, very lucky that, you know, in the given situation with the pandemic that, you know, I my children are so much older and I, you know, I really, you know, when I look around and I see the, the, well, for start, those who gave birth, you know, within the last year, I think incredibly tough, very isolating. Uh, They've lost that support network that would have been there, the kind of support networks that you and I strive to to create, you know, because we know the value of it. Um, and and also uh, you know mums and also mums who are trying to work and with their you know with their kids who are and they're homeschooling honestly I you know I just think it's really hard really 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 hard uh, trying to I don't know how they do, I don't know how they're doing it yeah yeah and my children are ten and fourteen and you know definitely been a challenging time with the with our ten year old um, and and I think you know parents it depends also what school your child goes to because some schools are really being hands-on in the in the online live things it depends on you know your job and even without working gosh there are mothers that are struggling through and still you know they feel like they are really being the teacher so taking time out for themselves has been a really really ah feeling guilty to do it really Mm, there is no time between the things they need to get done and the workload and um and the the school and the family life so what what kind of things would you um offer as advice and things like from your experience and what you're seeing right now how would you um 
what kind of things would you be advising to people right now? Yes, it's um, so. I think I think there's there really isn't a one size fit or fits all. So I would never say, for example, yes, you should all do um, your fitness because um, because you know, hands up. I have found doing exercise. I am doing exercise half-heartedly. <laughs> I find that doing the exercise in my kitchen. Well, you know what? My kitchen is set up as a workplace because, of course, I do food, food preparation. So there I am in my work room <laughs> and then trying to exercise. You know, it's, it's for me, that's not much fun. I think that, you know, maybe people who like outdoor exercise, like, the, you know, typical runners and cyclists, I, I really get that, that. I just simply it's not me. I'm not a kind of long distance endurance type of person. And I like gyms and the weights and and so I really am craving, and it's that space away from home. Um, so, but I, you know, I really get that those who are the outdoorsy runner types, then I think it's, it's, it's fantastic for them. But I would say that, you know, one of the things that has really helped me is that I have literally planned my, my diary um, to, to meet up outdoors with one person at a time for a socially distanced walk. And I, I plan in, I didn't do any last week, but I plan in probably about two a week. Um, this week I've got, because it's half term and I'm not teaching, I've got three or four uh, plans. So I did one yesterday, which kind of work related. Um, did I do one today? None, you know, none today. And yeah, but I've got one tomorrow as well. I'm having, I'm having lunch, but again, you know, we, we're going to walk and then we go to take out, we get lunch and then we walk a bit more and that, cause it's away from home. I always meet up with um, other women. Um, I just find that nice. And we can chat about uh, mumsy things and worky things. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, that has been for me really important and it's been a great, help and support people have been really helpful and supportive and, and, and vice versa I hope I have to <laughs> um so I think that's that's one that's been really important for me but I think ultimately it's whatever whatever is your your therapy you know so for me I I really love cooking it's a good job I love cooking because I now do that for a, for a living you know more than, way more than my fitness actually you know my the pandemic has shifted that balance now and and I I would say 90% of my week is spent in my food business but it's it's always been I've always I've always said that fitness is my mindfulness I would say that also cooking is my mindfulness. And the reason I say that is because these are basically rather brainless activities. I don't want to be rude about them because I do them and I love them, but these are not taxing on your brain. <laughs> and But they are, but they are um, absorbing, I think is the word. So, you know, when you're doing fitness, if you're really pushing yourself in fitness, you know, you do not have the mental space to focus on all your worries and the things things that are bothering you and that are getting you down now I'm really poor you know I you know genuinely I'm not good at mindfulness in the kind of like in the yogic sense you know I you know I'm not good at sitting still I'm not good at emptying my mind yes I know practice makes perfect but I find it boring and I, I'm fidgety you know I'm, I'm just not a good student when it comes to that but the fitness uh, when I'm in a gym environment you know that really does it for me because I just focus on it and the cooking is the same you know at the moment I'm making a lot of a lot of chocolates and 
you know, it's 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 manual. It's satisfying. You get a you get a beautiful result. It's which is something which gives me pleasure, and uh, gives, and then I know that when I send it off, it gives other people pleasure. And I do, it's just like a really good cycle um, that, that works for me. So I think that we all have, you know, I mean, I know people who crochet for their mental well-being. There's a whole sort of crochet movement, isn't there, for well-being? And I get that, you know, because it's it's engrossing. And it's, there's that kind of repetition and therapy and repetition. So I think it's we all have to find and we all probably know what is our happy place. And I think we need to go to it. Yeah. I yeah. Think some people call it buffer, like um, the crocheting, knitting, um, drawing. It's, um, it, it's like if you can't, if meditation's not your thing, then it's allowing your brain just to have a bit of a break because your focus is on something else it's not overly taxing but it's a buffer and it's a change so I find with fitness for me personally it's the same thing um, and I remember Anthony Robbins saying this too that you can't when you're moving your body negative thoughts can't actually enter your brain because no. you focus on the movement that you're doing and whatever it is generally the fast not the faster you're moving but you because your body your mind is focused on that 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 movement it, that in itself is mindfulness because mindfulness fundamentally is um a focus you focus on one thing so you're focusing on um mm. a spot and 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 if you're doing it weighted okay how many can i do with this weight and that's it that mindfulness in a nutshell because you're just mm focusing on one thing not the plethora of things you've got to do the overwhelm of what's going on in the world or any of that whatever it is children potential well anyway I do remember actually when I was when the children were little it was like how much of my exercise can they get done before they wake up <laughs> well, yeah exactly yeah it's true yeah which is why getting outdoors is good <laughs> I mean, I think certainly for, for mums with, um, with, with babies at the moment, I think, you know, meeting up with one other person and going for a good power buggy walk, I think that's, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. 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 Have, a, have, a, have a chat, you know, catch up on, compare, swap notes, compare notes on, the, you know, the latest uh, terrible nights or whatever it is, uh, weaning. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. So just switching over to talk about, you talked about food, you're doing a lot of cooking, uh, you're doing a lot of nice treats and raw chocolates and, and things. What would your take be on um, eating healthy and making healthy choices as part of a whole, you know, eating, uh, moving well and eating well? What, where do you stand on things? Because you're a vegan yourself, aren't you? Yes, yeah. And do you, I am. Do you, yeah. You do you have a particular? Do you encourage veganism? Do you have a particular view on how to what you advise your clients? Uh, so I don't. Um, I I don't. I've never focused. I mean, I'm not a nutritionist, and I've never wanted to train as a nutritionist. Um, 
And so, you know, if people ask me nutritional questions that are basic and that I can answer um, helpfully, then I will. But otherwise, I will point people in the direction of somebody who specializes in that, depending on what it is that they're really trying to get out of um, out of the question. Um but in, and I don't know, I certainly don't go around um, sort of uh, proselytizing on the vegan uh, side of things um, because I think that's just really off-putting um, and it probably is, has uh, more of the adverse effect, you know, like it doesn't, it has the opposite effect of what you would, you would want. And, and also, you know, we all, um, you know, make decisions, you know, we'll all, different people will be vegan for different reasons or for a combination of reasons. Um so my my interest nutritionally um, really stemmed from it's it's been long standing let's sort of say although I my food business only kind of formally launched 2019 and the website only launched in the first lockdown so you know it, it's it's new um, but the, the interest absolutely stemmed from motherhood because what happened was that you know I had three young children. And all I could see was all this sort of rubbish around me uh, that was being given to children. And that's not what I wanted my children to eat. You know, it's as simple as that. Like most mums, I wanted, you know, I, I wanted my children to eat well. And and I didn't want them to eat all these sort of like, I grew up abroad. Um, and frankly, you know, where I grew up, there weren't like, I remember when I first came to the UK, I was absolutely gobsmacked by the row upon rows upon rows of like like chocolate bars and crisps i'd never seen that you know i was quite horrified actually at the time because right? it just didn't exist in the, in the 70s and, and early 80s where where i was um and so i didn't want that for my children and so from a really early on i started creating all sorts of recipes because they didn't really or i wasn't aware of any Thing much existing at that time now of course there's a lot there's so much out there and we can find it on instagram and blogs and but there really wasn't so i started creating all these recipes for and making them for the children just simply because i wanted them to have healthy packed lunches and i was like an absolute stickler so they they all three of them had packed lunches all the way through primary school because i was like i'm a control freak <laughs> i'm gonna make sure they eat healthy food and for as long as as long as i have that control you know of course then secondary school or they I'd kind of hoped that it would like sow a good the seeds of a good basis you know and um and then you know and then from there I you know because I was making these treats and then because I'm a bit of a feed well I'm massively a feeder I like I like feeding people basically and so um you know I used to bring them to my classes so I was forever bringing especially my chocolates I would like bring them to my classes and my postnatal pilates I always do tea and coffee afterwards you see so I used to always bring these chocolates and then I'll, I'll be like oh, I made these this weekend what do you think of these do you like this one or do you like that one <laughs> and um and then, you know, I was getting a lot of positive feedback. And then I started doing the work, the chocolate workshops, uh, which were just initially I started doing them for charity. Then I started doing more of them. People really, really enjoyed them. They would go off with ideas for how to make healthy treats, healthier treats for their, their family. And, uh, and, and it just kind of grew from there. And then, and then there just came a point when I, a couple of years ago, 
I was on the receiving end of, of mail, um, like um, marketing uh, from the Wild Food Cafe in London. I'd been to the Wild Food Cafe. I really, you know, I really love it. I love their ethos. I love the ethics and the principles that underpin it. And um, and it just, there was this course and it was a course to be a, a raw vegan chef. And I just like at the drop, I just kind of like on an absolute whim signed up and it was really expensive as well. <laughs> just and I was just like I want to do that <laughs> and I just and I just did it and um and that and that was it you know once once I'd, I'd done that once I'd done that I was like I was I, I was off on off on one when it came to like and and then I've, I've never stopped really and I've just gone on an absolutely like massive drive with it all <laughs> I've just gone into overdrive put it that way yeah Oh, yeah, fantastic! It is really good, and you're encouraging um, to eat well. Really, even if you're not giving that necessary nutritional advice, you're uh, producing food that is take. It's the home real food standard, a takeaway kind of. You know, so it's takeaway, right? So, but it's well, what well, what interests me? What interests me is, you see, I think that the I think the key to it all, when it comes to healthy eating, and where things go horribly wrong, is that basically the majority of people seem to be on this really kind of like on a roller coaster. So they're like having, so they're on a kind of like up and down thing. So they kind of go right, okay, first of January, off we go. We're going to go into diet mode. So they go into diet mode. Diet diet equals what? Diet in your head equals deprivation. Yeah, I'm going to deprive. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. I mustn't do this and I mustn't do that. Well, that in itself psychologically is, let's face it, a really bad start, isn't it? Because psychologically, you know, if you tell yourself, I really, really mustn't do this, your brain goes, I really want to do it, you know. Yeah, you're telling the brain you do want it, really. <laughs> exactly. So so then inevitably, you know, all that deprivation leads to people falling off the bandwagon and then they overindulge. And then it becomes this, this really kind of like unhealthy cycle of up and down, up and down. And what I suppose, you know, what interests me is to say to people, so rather than going, you know, you nutritionist, you know, you need to do this and you count your macros and this that, and the other, which I've done, by the way. And, you know, yes, we can all do it. And frankly, if, if you want to do it, go on to one of these counting things and use and use my fitness pal or, you know, whatever it is. And it, it, it's really effective. Um, but what I want to show people is that actually it's about adding stuff in. It's like, actually, let's eat more of the good stuff. Let, let's add, let's add more, more of the good, more of the greens, more of the veg, more of the fruit, more of the healthy fats. Yeah, no, fat isn't bad. You know, yeah, let's eat that. You know, if that's what the, the body, let, let's more of the whole grains, if that's what your body prefers to the fats, you know. And so then it becomes in your mind, it's, that's a positive thing. That's like we're adding stuff in. We're giving ourselves more. And so psychologically, that's positive, but also in terms of your body, because the moment you start to add more of that stuff into your into your diet, well, guess what? The cravings go. <laughs> and that, you know, and if you can get if you can master, if you no longer get cravings, you're not going to be in that up down cycle. So it's, it's just it to me, it's a win win. It is. And it's just exactly. Stabilize blood sugars. 
so you don't get the cravings. But there are also learned yes. of eating, which is also something that, you know, people struggle with, which is, you know, that is, but part of that is, you know, you can manage your cravings um, and then address the way your, your, how are you conditioned with eating habits? Like you may be conditioned to have certain foods with a cup of tea, uh, a cup of coffee. So it's relearning those things or, 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 or swapping out things to change. Exactly. Yeah. I suppose I'm on, I'm on the swapping out and swapping in side. So I'm like, instead of the digestives or whatever it is, let's, let's have, you know, one of the, because, you know, people notice it when they have my chocolates, they're like, Oh, you know, I won't, I don't need to eat seven of them in one go you know i can just eat one and it's enough well because it's a massive hit of you know raw cocoa and it is strong and it's satisfying unlike you know something which is very sugary and milky is not gonna is just gonna make you want to crave more and more yeah it's the sugar yeah the sugar just drives you but it's the sugar addiction and it's the dopamine really you like you get a hit of dopamine when you have um anything of like that kind of pleasurable but you would still get dopamine with eating a raw chocolate, but mm. it doesn't then lead the biomechanic, the bi- biochemistry of it is, is that your blood sugars won't be spiking and then dropping and then driving, mm. wanting you to want more. You'd get, you'd get a slow hit and you'd yeah. get the dopamine kick too. So yeah, there is real win-win. And, and it is definitely, I love the way you put that about, eating with real it's about eating with balance and uh, not having it's it's seeing what you can have not seeing necessarily what you can't have right yeah um, yeah and I'd say I think that goes for so much in life to be honest if you focus on the things that you do have and the things that are happening for you as opposed to the things that are not happening for you then all you're going to do is keep drawing in and and feeling positive about those things that are happening for you or the choices that you are making that are great because with especially with the diet mentality um you know we're in february so there are still people you know on that cycle of january diet mode and you know maybe some people will have come away from it or some people still are trying to push through with these things but it's which well, that diet didn't work for me that that doesn't work for me but actually really understanding taking a bit of time out to understand food really for me goes a long way because then you're not relying on um slimming world or weight watchers to hold your hand really it's about really taking responsibility for me. that's how i see things mm-hmm. um, and helping mums to see that they can take responsibility it's not anybody else's responsibility even like from a personal trainer's point of view and you know you're a personal trainer too the mentality with a when you go to a personal trainer is it's like you relinquish all responsibility as soon as you go to that personal trainer because it becomes the personal trainer's responsibility to get you into shape but it's not actually it's our jobs to guide you and show you the way that the responsibility lies with then with you know as we're talking to mums but whoever it is taking responsibility and thinking about okay how can I move forward without feeling like I am depriving myself or feeling in restriction and actually gifting myself with things 
whichever way those things are with great healthy choice food uh, movement uh, and time for yourself where you have buffer time for your brain and your mind to have a bit of downtime would you how do you feel do you think that sort of sums up things similar to what you think or do you have a different take yeah I mean I, I think you know going back to mums that um okay let's take it back further let's take it back to pregnancy uh pregnancy is an opportune time to to change the way change your habits for the better because it is probably the first time your first pregnancy will be the first time in your life where you suddenly have responsibility for most people for somebody other than yourself like true responsibility so, you know, you're growing a human being inside you and suddenly the woman feels this sense of responsibility. You know, that's why we stop. We don't go on the razzle and start drinking loads of alcohol. We cut back on caffeine, etc. So it's the perfect time to really put in place lifelong, really good habits, because it's not that you then give birth and go, All right, well, that's fine. I'm done with that. <laughs> <laughs> off we go i mean because well you know a lot of people you know many women will be breastfeeding so again you know that goes on but but regardless of that is that we are now mothers and when you're a mother you are your child looks up to you and looks at you for there's no you know i mean there's no point in having a series of meals at the table where you know you know, mommy and daddy are eating one lot of food and the child is eating another sort of different set of food because because they're going to go, well, hang on, you know, they're not stupid and they're going to kind of go, well, we, you know, why why can you have that and I can't or vice versa? Why, you know, what is it? It's like, oh, eat up your veg and then, you know, after a while they're going to give you, but why aren't you eating your veg up, you know? Um, so, you know, the, you know, the, and this is the same, obviously, with exercise, you know, we're, you know, we're setting the, the you know, I, I say that, but has it worked with my children? Only partially, you know, and, and with the food as well, you know, but I, but what I know is I've done my best <laughs> to try and, you know, uh, to try and, you know, show the example, certainly with, with food, I'm not saying with everything, but I really have tried my best with on the food front and, and, and also with the fitness. Um so you know it, it's it's a it's a fantastic time you know for for people to to really uh, make a change for good and for the for the better yeah yeah no I yeah I I think it is an op opportune time um, if coming to the end of our time and I could talk to you all evening um, but I, I want to honour your time and everybody else's time too I wanted to ask you to um, think about the things that have inspired you over you know, your life really and, and the things that really bring you to where you are today. And are there any any key things that you would give as parting thoughts for um, that have come from people or anybody that's inspired you in your life that you want to share with um, mums today? Yes, I, I saw, yeah, I saw when you said that through to me and I, um, yeah, what, I think what really inspires me, and I will talk from the perspective of a of a minor businesswoman, I suppose, because you know my work is a big part of my life because I love it so much, and I spend an awful lot of time doing it. Alongside, uh, you know, my children are older now, so I really do spend a lot of time in, in on the work side of things. And I think that, I mean, certainly at the moment, um, 
and it's been for a while really, that what inspires me hugely is those people, and I have somebody in mind, and I will mention her, and she's a mum too, she's a friend of mine, is that intersection between principles and business. So that ability to have deep ethics, deep principles that underpin your business, it doesn't have to be your business, it's your life as well, you know, but that underpin and that carry, but that, that ability to make a business truly successful without compromising on principles, and I mean principles, uh, the ones I'm thinking of because I'm thinking of a person, and I will mention the business because I think all mums should check this business out, um, the, 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 is to have this incredibly successful business and at the same time principles of sustainability, of kindness, of giving back, of bringing joy to other people. That, that, is, that is, you know, how many, you know, really, realistically when we look out at the world, how many businesses really, truly, the big ones really achieve that and really maintain that, you know. When, well, when I did my course at Wild Food Cafe in London, I realised that, you know, they are highly successful and they have achieved that and they continue and they have these deep beliefs that are embedded and that, carry the whole business everything everything is underpinned by that but the business that i'm really thinking of is is my friends uh, she's my childhood friend we, we grew up abroad together and she has basically an international a global business now and it's called dr ziggs um and it's big bubbles you know these big massive giant uh, kind of like you know these huge bubbles that you see at festivals and stuff and it's that i mean she, her background is i think in chemistry she did a phd in chemistry so the initial sort of idea of ma of like how to make these huge bubbles must have come from her chemistry background but but her business is is underpinned by by the most incredible principles. So, for example, she has taken, she has sent her bubble kits out to war zones across the world so that children in war zones can have some joy. Uh, she, uh, everything is eco-friendly. She, it's, it's just amazing. She also, she's also um, does, uh, you know, stuff, uh, quite political stuff as well against the arms trade, you know, so she, she campaigns. Uh, it's, it's just phenomenal. And to me, that is something I find hugely inspiring. It's, it's, it's really, you know, I look, I literally look to her. <laughs> I really do, you know, I just, I think it's wonderful. And I, you know, I mean, gosh, you know, if we had a world where all businesses could even a fraction of a bit do that to have those principles not just because hey that makes good marketing because that's what's it's just like a little a little fig leaf you know no i mean really you know if we could all you know have these deep principles then boy it would be a better place wouldn't it this world it really would definitely and that that inspires me yeah because it's supporting each other um in a subtle way because you're doing things from a greater depth within you of your from your core beliefs about whatever with integrity isn't it doing things with integrity and and, yeah. and bringing it back to, to mums it's um have holding having integrity in the things you do uh 
you know, when you're looking after yourself, the things you're choosing to eat, the, the way you parent, all of it for me is all, all one, to be honest, because when you are, have a high level of integrity, you, you, you take pride in the things you, you put into your body, the way you look after yourself, the way you speak, because your words are, they're heavy. They have, they have a lot of weight, especially with growing children. And even as they're older, the words get remembered. And so it, living a life with, from a place of integrity is exceptionally important. And I've really, really learned this so much more in the last 10 years of my life, really more so than in my younger life, because, you know, I think I'm, I'm a chatterbox and, and I didn't really understand the value of what words really meant until I got older. Um, so yeah, fantastic sharing there, uh, Joe. So I think I just I just have maybe one parting uh, sort of thought, um, which is that I think I think you and I probably both work with quite a lot of career mums because we are from a career background and therefore somehow or other we attract uh, career women. And you know, from that perspective, I know that when you're a career woman, you um, that career side of you that side of your brain translates into parenting as well and I, I say that because I've I've lived it and so you know if you're a very driven person in your work you become driven in your parenting as well and in your whole family life potentially I'm not saying everyone but I think it's quite common and I think it's it's quite tough you know that's quite tough on you as a person as a mother and it, you're setting yourself up. It's, it's, it's hard work doing that. And, and you need to cut yourself some slack. And I'll, I'll give you a very, very basic example. And I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm not guilty of it now because I'm, I'm older than all of you. But, um, but, you know, especially with social media these days and all the sharing, this is such a silly example, but I think it epitomizes things, is, you know, this, you know, unless you want to spend five days making the most awesome cake ever if if that gives you pleasure and it really does bring you pleasure and I, I love spending time fiddling around in the kitchen and that would give me pleasure but if it's like a huge load to you don't do it just cut yourself some slack do something really simple you know a one-year-old a two-year-old a three-year-old they just want their mom and dad and a cake and to be saying happy, happy birthday, and it doesn't need to be a work of art. And that is, I'm just using that as a metaphor for life in general. That with, with, you know, when when you have high standards for yourself uh, in work, often that translates massively into parenting, and and that can be, um, you can practically kind of like beat yourself up mentally and. Don't, you know, don't do that. You know, we don't have to be 100% all the time. Um, it's fine. You know what? Our 80% and even our 70% will be more than enough, really more than enough. Yeah, I love the 70-80 kind of percent rule um, because I think you can apply that to pretty much most things in life because then you create balance and there's give yeah. and take. And I think it, it can play um, contribute so much to having healthy healthy mentality, healthy um, mindset, 
right? And uh, mental health is the word I was trying to look for then for a second then. Yeah, yeah. Yes. so that's a really valid point. And thank you so much for bringing that to light because I think it's a really, really pertinent point that um, I remember to, you know, that time when uh, I wasn't working and I had a child, my career goals went into being a parent. Um, and that is also detrimental really because you put almost too much energy into it and um, yeah it's pressure on yourself pressure on everybody yeah. around you too um and also it spills into control and but that's uh, you know we're not going to talk about that now it's, it, it is something for mums to think about because um these are things that all contribute to our mental health and uh the pressures we place on ourselves uh and looking after yourself does not have to feel a pressure it's it's doing it from a place of joy and um, thinking about how you can feel good about yourself so that you just bring the best part of you to the rest of the world. So yeah, thank you for your parting thoughts, um, Joe. And uh, I want to honor you today for joining me this evening and sharing great nuggets of knowledge and parts of your life and the things that you've been through. So I wanted to uh, acknowledge you for that and acknowledging you for coming on today too and doing a live feeling a bit like nervous but you've been wonderful and uh, I've got a lot from it and I, I'm sure lots of uh, the listeners have too so yeah thank you thank you so much Virtue. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and if you did please make sure you've taken some action you've thought about the things you want to do in your life and with your health and keep thinking how you can bring yourself higher up on your to-do list. Keep choosing yourself and feeling inspired daily so that you can inspire others around you in your family. And if you've enjoyed this, please hit subscribe and on any of the platforms that you found this podcast on and be sure to keep listening every single week. I'm Versha Patel. I brought you Any Mum Can podcast and I bring you every single week. So until next time, keep being inspired and keep thinking how you can feel greater and better within yourself.